You're highly welcome to the Precious People's Assembly for All Nations podcast, a place where we share God's word and empower you for your assignment in the marketplace, guided by Senior Pastor Sam Otenaki. Now, why don't you sit tight for today's sermon as we dig deep into the word and discover how to be God's representatives wherever we go. Father in heaven, we are grateful to you this morning. We acknowledge your amazing grace that appeared to us and saved wretches like us. Ones who are blind, but now we see. Father, take all the praise and all the glory in the name of Jesus. Help us not to frustrate that grace. Help us not to frustrate that grace, but to appropriate it so that we can fulfill purpose and destiny. This is our heart's cry, Lord. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have worshipped. And the people of God say, Thank you, precious voices. Let's give it up to the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm sure you can do better than that. Hallelujah. That's for them. Can we give it up to the Lord? That is at work in them. Hallelujah. Let me ask your neighbor, neighbor, have you partaken of that amazing grace? If yes, how sweet is his sound? Hallelujah. Give an answer. Give an answer. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Let's put our hands together for Jesus. That grace that is, please may be seated. That grace is so amazing. Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. I'm excited at what God is doing in, in all over the world. Showing forth his amazing grace in inexplicable ways. Showing forth his signs and wonders in the lives of his people. And in nations all over the world. And we are confident that Nigeria will experience the fullness of that amazing grace in the name of Jesus. In a couple of months, by next month's end, there's supposed to be a change of God. But I want you to know that God will keep this country together in the name of Jesus. I read yesterday that there's some protests going on in London over the presidential polls. I couldn't watch it, but I read the headline news. Uh, just be assured that with your prayers, God will move and establish himself even over the throne of Nigeria in Jesus' name. Can I have a bigger amen? amen? The Bible says God is the one that is at work where? In us, both to do and to will of his own good pleasure. Philippians 2.13. God has a pleasure that he wants to carry out. He has an agenda that he has in mind for our nation. But he's always looking for bodies to use. Can I have an amen? Always looking for people that will make themselves available to use. Glory to God. It's Philippians 2.13, not 3. I said 2. 
So what you should understand then is when you make yourself available, then you become a vehicle for the fulfillment of his purpose in your sphere of influence. He's looking for men all over the places. He's looking for men on the mountain of media. He's looking for people on the mountain of education. He's looking for people on the mountain of celebration. He's looking for people all over the mountains. Because in the last days, the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established on all the mountains. Can I have an amen? So the call is for you to make yourself available. That is the call. And that's the purpose of that amazing grace that saved wretches like you and I. Not to save us so that we can begin to warm the benches and the pulpits and the pews, but so that we can make ourselves available for him to ride through us into our various spheres of influence. Can I have an amen? Can I have a bigger amen? This morning, by the grace of God, we are continuing the series we began last Thursday. And for those of you who are not here, I will try to abridge it. But you must listen to the full message so that you can catch up with what God is doing. Can I have an amen? Jude, from verse 1 to 25. Jude, verses 1 to 25. It's good to pay attention to reading. Glory to God. And the title of the series is Contending for the Faith. And you'll see shortly where that title is coming from. Contending for the faith. When a season where there are many things that are contending with our faith. And you must take the battle to the gate of the enemy. Hallelujah. Permit me to read the preface to the book of Jude from my Bible. There's no amount of electronic gadget you have that we have this preface there. No version has this preface. So you must still come with your Bible. Hallelujah. I know you have, some of you have 20, 30 versions of the Bible on your phone. Even Yoruba Bible is there. Igbo Bible is there. Have you seen it? Yoruba Bible is there. Hallelujah. But you cannot find this preface there. Glory to God. Fight. Contend. Do battle with exclamation mark. Each of them has an exclamation mark. It says fight, contend, do battle. When apostasy arises, when false teachers emerge, when the truth of God is attacked, it is time to fight for the faith. Where is the better time to fight for the faith? When? Now. Only believers who are spiritually in shape can answer the summons. Let me ask your neighbor, are you in shape? Are you in shape spiritually? Get an answer from him or her. Yeah, answer, answer, answer. You are not talking to television. Answer, Romagbesi. It's television you watch. It can't hear you. Hallelujah. At the beginning of his letter, Jude focuses on the believer's common salvation. But then feels compelled 
to challenge them to contend for the faith. The danger is real. Let me tell your neighbor the danger is real. If you don't contend for the faith, there are issues, there are matters that are contending against your faith. And God is strength for them that take the battle to the gate. You can't wait until it erodes your faith, until it makes you almost faithless. You must contend. Hallelujah. The danger is real. False teachers have crept into the church. Turning God's grace into unbounded license to do as they please. Once upon a time, a few years ago, some messages of grace were going on in this nation and saying that you can fornicate, you can sin, it doesn't matter. Once you are saved, you are saved. That the grace of God is about, is, is there. How many of you have heard of, is it Joseph Prince? Right? I was in his church in Singapore. He wasn't in service that day. Beautiful church, mega church. Techie church, technology, massive church, 5,000 seat auditorium. And that was in 2015 when the wave just began. I purchased one or two of his books. I still have it in my library. I never opened it. And then I got back to Nigeria and I began to hear that the so-called, some big men of faith in this nation were promulgating that faith with one notorious one that is based in Calabar, championing the cause. Can I have an amen? That one saved, you, and here this is what Jude is saying. This happened, when was this written? And yet he's speaking to us today. The false teachers... They have crept into the church, turning God's grace into unbounded license to do as they please. Jude reminds such men of God, such men of God's past dealings with unbelieving Israel. We'll read that in a short while. Usually to remind them that they were in some years back when Israel, that is saved out of Egypt, when they began to misbehave, God did not hesitate to kill all of them. How many escaped? How many escaped? Only two, Joshua and... Only. He wiped away all the generation of the unbelievers. He didn't care that he saved them from Egypt. So if it is one saved, whatever saved, why should he kill all of them? We must contend for the faith. He wiped every one of them away. He wasted them in the wilderness. Hallelujah. So Jude reminds such men of God's past dealings with unbelieving Israel. Disobedient angels. You will see what he did for them. That disobedient Romans, uh, Revelation chapter 12. A third of the angels that were loyal to Satan, he cast them away to the earth. Good readers to bad rubbish. Go with your master. God created Satan. He created the angels. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. You can't be disobedient to him and think that you will go away free. 
No. He wasted them, disobedient angels, and wicked Sodom and Gomorrah. In the face of such dangers, Christians should not be caught off guard. And today, Pentecostalism has become rascalism. Hallelujah. We do things, you know, just to please ourselves. Nobody is checking us. Hallelujah. In the Orthodox churches, when the word starts, what happens? They put one rope by there. And you can't go out, you can't come in. If you want to go to the toilet, peace where you are. But even when the move of the Spirit is moving in Pentecostal circles, you see some people, choir and some members, running up and down the back. Hallelujah. That's uppercut for some of you. Glory to God. Can I have an amen? They have reduced it now. They are shaping up now. As they come down from the pulpit, you see them. I don't know what they're always going to do. Hallelujah. HOC, precious voices, take notes. Instrumentalists, take notes. Glory to God. Charity must begin at home. The Jew reminds such men of God's past dealings with unbelieving Israel, disobedient angels, and wicked Sodom and Gomorrah. In the face of such danger, Christians should not be caught off guard. The challenge is great, more so in the world that we are living in, but so is the God who is able to keep them from stumbling. That's why that song struck a chord in me, Amazing Grace. As big as the challenge is, mightier, bigger is the amazing grace of God that is able to keep you from stumbling. You will not stumble. You will not fall. I said you will not fall from grace in the name of Jesus. The almighty hand of God will keep you steady. You will not be caught off guard in the name of Jesus. Let's put our hands together for Jesus. Amen. So that's the preface to the book of Jude. It's giving you an insight into what the book contains. Hallelujah. So very quickly, we'll read the passage. Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to those who are called, beloved in God the Father, and kept for Jesus Christ. May mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. I thought I would have a loud amen. Beloved, although I was very eager to write you about our common salvation, I found it necessary to, to write appealing to you to contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. So that's where the title of this series is coming for. We must contend for the faith. And for certain people, it says for certain people, have crept in unnoticed who long ago were designated for this condemnation. Ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into sensuality and deny our only master and Lord Jesus Christ. Now I want to remind you 
Although you once fully knew it. Hallelujah. I want to remind you because even though you fully knew it, that Jesus, who saved a people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed those who did not believe. Go back to verse 5. Hallelujah. Who was the leader of Israel that led Israel out of Egypt? Hello? When was Jesus born? Was Jesus born in that time? So why is the Bible saying that Jesus, that Jesus who saved a people out of the land of Egypt? Hello? Was Jesus existing then? Glory to God. Bible study. When you say God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, God the Father is God the Father. And many say that in the Old Testament, he was the one that was operating. And he said the time of the New Testament is the time of God the Son, Jesus Christ. And then they say, because Jesus has gone, now is the season of the Holy Spirit. Say, so which theology? That's correct, but it's partially correct. If you read the book of Proverbs chapter 8, who was the wisdom there that was there before creation? It was the word, Jesus. They've always been together. Can I have an amen? So it says, now I want to remind you, though you once fully knew it, that Jesus, who saved a people, he was the one that delivered them. He saved them from Egypt. And afterward, he destroyed those who did not believe. So you can be saved, you can be redeemed, your feet can be set, even out, you can be lifted out of the miry clay and set upon a rock to stay. If you don't continue to believe, destruction may be waiting. But that would never be your portion. I said that would never be your portion in the name of Jesus. So we need to take heed. That's the reason why we must contend for the faith. Let's read on, verse 6. And the angels who did not stay within their own position of authority, but left their proper dwelling, he has kept in eternal chains under gloomy darkness until the judgment of the great day. Why were they not destroyed? Why were the angels not destroyed? Angels don't have physical body. They are immortal. And spirits don't die. Can I have an amen? So what they were changed until the day of judgment. Just like the souls of the departed don't die. The body died and the body, the soul has left the body. So this is the soul that energizes the body. When the soul left or the spirit left the body, the body became lifeless. Can I have an amen? But we know that they are going somewhere until the day of judgment. Because souls and spirits don't die. Can I have an amen? Are you following? It says they are kept in eternal chains under gloomy darkness until the judgment of the great day. Next verse. Seven. Just as Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding cities, which likewise indulged in sexual immorality and pursued unnatural desire, they serve as an example 
by undergoing a punishment of eternal fire. What is that saying? Please, don't, just wait on seven. Don't move until I say move. <laughs> Glory to God. Say Sodom and Gomorrah. Go and read Genesis 19, 20. You see what happened there. How men were sleeping with men. Homosexuality. Unnatural desires. Hallelujah. And when the angels that came in to warn the city to take out Lot and his family, they grabbed the daughter-in-law of Lot and they wanted to, he said, look, let me release my son to you. Hallelujah. All manners of things were taking place there just as we have it today. And the Bible says they serve as an example by undergoing a punishment of eternal fire. Saying those who are involved in that today, sexual immorality, who are pursuing unnatural desires, they already have an example of the judgment they will undergo. Can I have an amen? Is this too difficult to comprehend? It's straightforward. Glory to God. We are in the days where we must contend for the faith. We have made the faith so useless. We have made it so, we have watered down what Christianity is all about. May we not be caught off guard in the name of Jesus. Verse 8. Verse 8. Yet in like manner, these people also, relying on their dreams, defile the flesh, reject authority, blaspheme the glorious ones. Do you know the people he's talking about here? Put eight and nine together. Those who see a lot of visions. And they think because they see visions, that is enough to save them. They defile the flesh. They live in sexual immorality, do all manners of things. Hallelujah. And blasphemy. But when the archangel Michael, contending with the devil, was disputing about the body of Moses, he did not presume to pronounce a blasphemous judgment, but said, the Lord rebuke you. When you are operating in the power of the Holy Spirit, when the power of God is moving in your life, in the word of knowledge, word of wisdom, and the power gifts, and yet you live, you defile the flesh, the carrier of that grace and anointing, you are blaspheming the glorious ones. Can I have an amen? That's what you do. You are carrier of the power of God. But because the gifts and the callings of God, they are without repentance, that gift continues to operate in you. You continue to see visions and dreams for people and then you begin to live a life of lasciviousness. And you think, oh well, after all, the power is still there. I can still lay hands on the people. No! You are blaspheming the glorious one. Hallelujah. Verse 10. I think we'll just stop it at verse 10 so that we can go into the... <laughs> we'll stop it at 11. But these people blaspheme all that they do not understand. And they are destroyed by all that they, like unreasoning animals, understand instinctively. Verse 11. Woe to them, for they walked in the way of Cain 
and abandoned themselves <clears throat> for the sake of gain to Balaam's error and perished in Korah's rebellion. Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. If we continue to read, all we just do is read. But let's go deeper. <laughs> Glory to God. So last, last Thursday, when we began the series, we examined what it means to contend from the Merriam-Webster's English Dictionary. And there are about 10 or 11 perspectives that we looked at the word contend. We started from the perspective of arguments, where to contend means to disagree in words. To dispute in words. We continued looking at it from the perspective of athletics, battle, combat, conflict, up to the perspective of wrestling, where to contend means grappling with and striving to trip or throw an opponent down off balance. Glory to God. When you are talking of contention in the sport of boxing, what are you trying to do to get your opponent down? Isn't it? Once you can get your opponent down and give him a body slam and he's not able to get up, then you have won. So all you want to do is get your opponent off balance. Strip him off, trip him off balance and get him down on his knees. Shout hallelujah. So that's what it means to contend from the perspective of wrestling. The enemy will not be able to throw you off balance. In this journey of faith, you will not be thrown off balance. You will endure to the end. You will remain faithful to the end. You will keep the faith in the name of Jesus. Then afterwards, we went to the Greek to look at the meaning of that word, contend. Is the Greek word epagonizomai. Hallelujah. Epagonizomai. From two compound words, ep and then agonizomai. From agonizomai is where you get the word agony, to agonize, to agonize, to contend, to struggle. And we said it means to exert intense effort. On behalf of something. Are you exerting intense effort to keep your faith? Are you exerting intense effort to keep your faith? It's only when it is convenient you show up. It's only when it is convenient or you remember, you read the Bible. It's only when it is convenient you pray. It's only when there's a problem, when you see that there's imminent danger. That's when you... Is it a way of life? It's only when there's a problem in the office, you fast for three days and three nights. Or is it a way of life? To contend means to exert intense effort on behalf of something. To struggle for something. The devil is contending for your faith. The world is contending for your faith. And here you are, you are just going about life as life pushes you. No, you must struggle for it. Shout hallelujah. We 
We further said to us that Ip and Agonizo originally means a place of assembly, then became a place of contest, a stadium where the contest itself takes place, and finally any kind of conflict. That was the evolution of the word. It started by they using it as the, the word of an assembly, then a stadium. Hallelujah. And then in those stadiums, many things take place. Athletics takes place. Battle takes place. Contention takes place. And then all manners of conflict takes place. Hallelujah. I told us about the Roman Colosseum. It is also called the Colosseum. If you have been to Rome in Italy, the Colosseum is there, which is the largest amphitheater that was ever built in ancient times. The rooms are there today and it's a tourist attraction. The Colosseum, you can go there, you pay to enter, and you see the arena where these conflicts used to take place. It was used for sports and used for conflicts. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We did say to us that the diatribe or the attack compares exercising virtue and the moral struggle of life with the exertions and self-denials. Glory to God. Moral struggle of life. Life itself is a struggle. It is. We, must stop, we, we mustn't deceive ourselves. Life is a struggle. To get married is a struggle for people. When they get married, finally get a man to marry them or get a woman to marry, then they begin to contend to conceive. That's another level of struggle. If they are able to conceive, then they are waiting. The wife is carrying the baby and sometimes two months the baby drops. It miscarriage. Sometimes three months it drops. Miscarriage. Life is a struggle. Every stage of life is a struggle. And they are able to pull through ninth month and then the baby comes. Praise God forevermore. To look after that child to maturity is struggle. So life is a struggle. It's full of contentions every stage of life. So how do you think your spiritual life is just a stroll in the park? Why are we deceiving ourselves? And you leave it as if, you know what, it's bread and butter. Let's just do it. It's convenience, let's do it. If it's not convenient, so be it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We did say that this word contend or contention, agonizomai, also a compare is a reflection of the comparison of the passion of Matthias. In exercise of what they believe, a Matthias is somebody who offers himself to die for what he believes. It's a comparison between the passion of Matthias to the contest of athletes. Now, what of athletes? They defend the titles of the, of the sports that they delight in. When athletes go for competition, they go to defend their title. Or they go to take the title from somebody else. Nobody knew of Toby Amusha until 2022. Most people do not. Hallelujah. But when she snatched the battle and won the contest for the world championship, the whole world knew her. May you win your battle of life. I said, may you win your struggle of life. 
May you win your contest of life. In the name of Jesus. Suddenly, the whole world knew Toby Amuso, but she has been in it for over eight years since she was a teenager. Her parents were teachers in Ijebuode, Ogun State, Nigeria. But nobody, until she won the contention for that title, nobody knew her. And how many people go through life unsung and unknown because they fail to contend for what they believe in. They fail to contend for what they believe in. So they make no mark. They leave no footprints on the sands of time. Contending for the faith. Hallelujah. The comparison we set to us is the more relevant as the torturing and execution of martyrs for what they believe often took place in the same arena before the same spectators watching athletes perform. I did say to you, when Matthias were going to be executed, they take them to the Colosseum. When athletes are going to perform, they take them to the Colosseum. So you begin to see the comparison at the two sides of this conflict. Whether it is for something you believe, something that is good, or even something you delight in. Whether it is for sports, which is fun, which is just your passion, your delight, you have to contend. And whether it is for your faith, for what you believe, you must also contend. Sports, who is going to pay you? Many amateur sports is just for pleasure, isn't it? If you are involved in sports in secondary school, it's for pleasure. You are not being paid, but what do you do? You struggle for it. And if you become a professional footballer, you know the stakes are higher. Hallelujah. So he compares it with your faith, with the things you believe. Whether it is the things that are for fun, there's a contention. Not to talk of your faith. Glory to God. We left there and then moved to the New Testament believers. And we did say to us, as born again children of God, the thought of the fight to which those who are faithful to God are called acquires a new level of seriousness. You have been called of God. You are born again. You are saved. The fight we have been called to fight is a serious one. It's not a stroll in the park. Shout hallelujah. I say shout hallelujah. And then we began to examine five motives of thought, five ideas, five thoughts that we saw Apostle Paul lay emphasis on and which we will run through scriptures to see how they play out, to energize us and get us ready for this thing we call contention. Hallelujah. The first one which we began to examine is the thought of the goal which can be reached only with the full expenditure of all our energy. The thought of the goal, what I can achieve when I put in the whole of my energy. Hallelujah. Glory to God. For a minute, think of this. Is there any legitimate work or job that throws money into the account of people, thank God for the days of cashless. Is there any legitimate job you do or business that you do 
that will just throw money into your account and you just be hearing a lot without the expenditure of your energy? Huh? Please, can somebody tell me? Huh? No, but I, there was a servant of God that was praying. When you open your bag, cash is coming to your wallet. A lot is coming to your bank account. Did you see the video? Did you see it? Talk to me. Did you see it? Uh, and you believe it. Hello? It says miracle. You believe it. It says miracle. Let's leave that. But there's no legitimate work, no legitimate job, no legitimate business that we do without the expenditure of energy. Whether physical energy, mental energy, or even those who are doing agaracha, please forgive me, they do emotion, they spend emotional energy. Can I have an amen? No amount of job that you will do that is easy. You must spend energy. Either physical energy, emotional energy, mental energy, intellectual energy. I just told you about life and gave you the illustration from getting married, having a job, even delivering the pregnancy. It involves energy, exertion, struggle. How come you now think that you will not need to struggle for your faith? Glory to God. Luke 13, 24. I'm bringing you up to speed. And if that's all we can do today, praise God. Hallelujah. But this subject, you must get it. And I have an amen. You have played church for too long. It's time for us to come up hither. Luke 13, 24. Strive, Jesus was saying, to enter through the narrow door for many, I tell you, we seek to enter and will not be able. To enter which door? Huh? The narrow door. To where? To the kingdom. Strive, struggle to enter. The NIV says, make every effort to enter it. The Amplified says, force yourself through it. Force yourself. You must exact force. You must make every effort. You must force yourself. You must strive. You must contend through the narrow door. There are many struggling, but I'm surprised. And it is shocking. And we have come to the end of yet another intriguing session of the PPA Fan Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We hope this message has touched your heart and inspired you to be a light in your marketplace. So, in order to stay connected and access more empowering content, kindly visit our website at ppfn.org. And always remember, you are a citizen of heaven and God's ambassador here on earth. May God's love and grace guide you in all your endeavors. Until next time, goodbye and God bless.